The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Friday, ladies and gentlemen, you have made it through the week and you are here again listening to Fantasy Beasts and Where to Find Them, the Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Kyle Ranney. I'm joined as always by Gary Halt. Yep, we're back again with more wide receiver talk. And we're back with some fun wide receiver talk. Uh, I think this actually set up perfectly. Some of the more fun options in this year's draft are on episode two before we unveil our top 15 for you guys, our lovely listeners. Uh, thank you to all 1,500 of you who made our first month so special. Yeah, that's super exciting, especially since it's not the actual regular season, regular season where people are mostly watching football. It's really cool to know that we got people who want to listen to us talk. So we're hopeful that we continue to grow here. Uh, but without any further ado, any news that you would need uh, was prior, rewind a couple, like, minute or so, and you'll probably hear my beautiful voice talking to you from there. Um, Gary, what do you say we get started in some wide receivers here? We are going to start with a pair of small school gems. Yeah, small school guys. Um, and that I'm in love with at least one of the two. I like both of them, but I'm in love with one of them. Yeah, there's definitely a guy um, that we're going to talk about who's very solid and high on draft boards. That but I think should be high on draft boards. Our first guy here is Cade Johnson out of South Dakota State, five foot ten, one seventy five. This past season, seventy two catches, two a hundred and or one thousand two hundred twenty two yards and eight touchdowns. Two years ago, sixty seven catches, one thousand three hundred thirty two yards and seventeen touchdowns. He's a decent enough blocker. Yeah, does block does block well in short and downfield range. He. It runs the routes to find himself open. I notice mm-hmm. he puts himself in the spot to succeed. Yep, that soft zone. He's not a burner. That was a big thing for being five ten. He really doesn't have a ton of speed behind him. I didn't yeah, think. and he's mostly working out of the slot here. We didn't really see him line up too much all over. Um, he had a really nice ability to make the catch in traffic. I actually had a player comparison here. I don't know what your thoughts were on him. To me, he was a poor man's Heinz Ward. Yeah, I think you did mention that. Um, He's I mean, he's definitely not afraid of contact. Either. No, he's not over. He's not over the top large, being only five ten. He had the ability to block well, and he blocked hard in some of these plays. Yeah, he, he didn't quit until the whistle. But he reminded me more of a shorter possession receiver and blocker, which mm-hmm. very much so like rings out like, "Hey, Heinz Ward," um, and he'll continue his routes even through being abused on them. Yeah, I think he could jump up on draft boards because he's not the stereotypical slot guy he can and being out of South Dakota State yeah um he's probably going to be lower on draft boards if teams value him as a slot receiver it's just going to depend on um if they want him like if you draft him you're you're thinking he's going to be a slot guy or if you're going to line him up all over because he's a little bit taller at the 510 but he's still only 175 
What's definitely tough is the the possession receiver is kind of a lost art in the NFL. Yeah, um, there's not too many of them. I mean, one of my favorites is Robert Woods. He's that he's not going to beat you deep, but he's going to get a ton of catches and then the touchdowns in the red zone. Correct. Um, but that's one of the things I think. Kay Johnson's more of a poor man's possession receiver. Yeah, with the ability to have some upside. If he puts on weight, he's going to be a little bit better. I think. Correct. But I really do like what he what he brought to the table. And I'd like to see what he can do at the next level here. I'd like, I'd like to see him at, like, 200. Uh, yeah, 200, I think that's, what, a 25-pound increase? A 25-pound 25, 25 increase would, uh, would would make that work. Uh, the next guy, our second small school gem. Small is the key word here. He is only 5'9", 174. But Jalen Darden out of North Texas, the mean green. This past season, 74 catches, 1,190 yards, and 19 touchdowns. Yeah, that's an insane stat rating. We were watching him, and it's just all highlights. Like, all of his catches are just wild. And even when they're not throwing to him, he is just, he's untouched off the line. Yeah, there's, I don't know if it's because he's playing against smaller schools, so they don't know how to cover, but even at the next level, he's just so quick in his steps. Um, he got very good uh, deep ball speed, and he's very, very shifty. And and the thing that didn't help him is he probably could have eclipsed 30 touchdowns with a quarterback who could hit him. Oh, yeah. Put him on – if you give him a school that's like, I don't know, got a better quarterback, I think he could have probably had 30 touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he, he was explosive deep. I will say he was constantly – he was constantly thrown at and consistently open even when he's thrown at. It's not mm-hmm. like the, he, he doesn't have to try – for the or for the separation catch. If if you would have put his stat line on a team like Alabama, he would have been in contention for the a first round pick. Yes, mm-hmm. um, his routes are good. The dude was eating nonstop, and the thing is, so most of this that we saw was against Mid Tennessee State. Yes, and like you said, maybe it was against just oh poor competition. But that's where I kind of wanted to grab SMU. SMU is at least a, a better competition than Mid Tennessee. And it was just all it's the same. same. Thing. It was it, some toe drags, some ducking under tackles. The routes are great. You're throwing him in in the flat, and he is just like you, you're. You could not telegraph your playbook more. Right. They use the same playbook from one game to another, and he's putting defenders on skates. And I put I, I one of my notes says makes people look silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He like you're throwing to this guy four times, five times a game, in in a, on a bubble screen where there's two defenders running him already. And he's just he, he's stopping on a dime, letting two dudes run to each other, and running by him, and it's it's like it was no problem for the guy. Yep, this is my man crush of the draft. Yeah, he's definitely. Um, I put him. He's gonna spoiler alert. He's in my top fifteen. Mine as well. Um, but another note I just have is get him the ball. Yes. He's gonna be a PPR machine, and he's going to be a burner. Um, I hate doing it, but really reminded me of Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he's um, he's got that lower build. He's lightning fast, and he played at a small school. Yeah, and I think there was at least one more that we might have compared Tyreek Hill to. Um, but this guy more than anybody else in the draft. Yeah, man, I really love me some Jalen Darden. Uh, I tweeted at him right before we went on the air. But Jalen Darden's one of my, one of those guys. I think he is going to be a third, fourth round steal. Yep, he's going whatever team is going to get a stud. Well, we go from small school to biggest school. Uh, the next receiver on this list is going to be Amari Rogers. Uh, I am. I know you're really high on him. I'm high on him because he played for a, a, a top a top team. Um, I'm not like oh I need this guy kind of 
uh, kind of player. Um, but I think for what he is, you're going to get a solid player out of him. Um, and then at the senior, senior, not the senior, the senior yeah, the bowl. senior bowl, he had what two or three touchdowns. So he's playing against um, draft talent, and he's playing well. Um, I do like him. Deep ball. There's other guys that I think are better than him when it comes to like deep ball. Like you're going to get a better yes. value. Um, but deep ball, shifty. Um, he's okay at blocking because they do a lot of bubble screens at Clemson. Yes. Um, so that's good to have that. He's a yak guy. Um, and he's he's pretty quick. And that was against Wake Forest that I had that all those notes. Um so like I I wanna play from a balance here and the senior bowl made him look like a totally different lighted player. Right. And I think he's going to be a fifth fourth, fifth rounder guy. I could see him getting a spot on a team and making a chance. But I don't see him as a T. Higgins guy like no, last year no. where it's like probably should have been a, a, a top Receiver. End of the day, his mental lapses and drops were an issue, especially against Wake Forest. He's the guy we talked about who ran through the back of the end zone. Yes. Um, one of the things that really just it, it, it sticks to me, I get it, that three years ago, 55 catches, 575 yards, four touchdowns. Last year, he hurts himself, or I think he came off an injury, 33 catches, 426 yards, and four touchdowns. This year, 77, 1,020, and 7 touchdowns. But their clear-cut number one was not there. Right. So I don't I, I don't know if this is just production off of Justin Ross being gone. If Amari Rodgers took the next step. Um, he is mainly a slot receiver. He The, the ball's out early and often to him, and he's making the catches. The, the, the Pittsburgh game, I think he had 10 catches for 77 yeah. yards. So that was a good so one. So like, he wasn't really making much with it. He's getting the ball, getting hit, and going down. But he Wake showed Forest. a good display of hands. Wake Forest is where he had his yak at. Yeah, and that was four for ninety-five and a touch. Yeah. But like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm very impartial on him. I want to really re- think he's going to be the guy, but I think he's going to be a fourth, fifth round guy who's yeah. around for a couple of years and never really displays being the stud. He's. I, I think he's going to be okay at first, and like you said, he's probably going to fall off. But he's like one of those gadget guys. But I don't like when he. He's put in those, like, special plays or, like, special motions or whatever. It's not as good as some of the other guys we see. Agreed. Um, I don't got much else on him. He no. hurts my head to talk about. <laughs> he he makes me just really have an inner battle about, is he going to be a really good player like T. Higgins and the rest of the Clums guys, or is he going to be, like you said, is he the next Ray-Ray, Ray-Ray McLeod or Jacoby Ford, or is he T. Higgins... Martavis Bryant, that level Clemson receiver. Um, It just, it's, he's got a top quarterback, so it's like, you want to see more production out of him? Yes, take, take what you can, but he should have had better production. But it could be because of the offense they run. They run those bubble screens, they use ETN out of the backfield, so I don't know. All right, uh, wide receiver 22 on our list out of UCF, 6'215". We had some notes on this, but his past year, the 2020 year, was pretty impressive. Uh, we're going to go with Marlon Williams here. 2020 stats, 71 catches, 1,039 yards and 10 touchdowns. 2019, 51, 717 yards and 6 touchdowns. Gary, what do you got? Um, right away, this guy's tape popped. Um, it was very impressive early on. Um, and we started to, we're starting to notice that a lot of these UCF receivers are getting better. Well, they have a very good quarterback. Yes, they Dylan do. Dylan Gabriel was good. 
Yeah, it was, he was a left-hander. Yes, and he still has one full year ahead of him. Yeah, at least. so he's a sophomore now. Going, he will into be entering junior, junior year this next yeah, year. Yeah, so a rising junior. Um, they used him a lot in bubble screens. Uh, he's a type of guy that'll fight for some yards, uh, and a very good blocker. Uh, I noticed because they do those bubble screens and whatnot, um, they use him as a blocker, and he's very physical in the blocking. Um, another deep ball guy, and he sees a ton of targets. Well, so that was this year. Yes. What I did make note of here, um, this this year I noticed the bubble screens were used often. He was a good blocker. He had breakaway speed. He was he has an extensive route tree. Yeah. He ran streaks, curls, comebacks, corner he's, routes. You name it, he was running it. He's tough to tackle. Um, and he doesn't shy away from contact. But, 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 2019 tape was another story. Yeah. 2019 tape, he got lost. And what I did notice, that very well could be the fourth-round pick out of UCF's past year. Gabe Davis was on the roster. Yeah, and also that would have been this guy's freshman year, the quarterback. Freshman year, Gabe so. Davis was the number one receiver. So it, it kind of, you don't like to make up an excuse of why was this guy maybe not productive, but that might be your answer in itself right there. Yeah, and then with the improvement, you would think that he knows what he's doing now. Correct. Um, and I will say as well, another really nice thing you already touched on how good his blocking was, but at one point he set the edge on a block and opened up like a seventy-two yard touchdown run, mm-hmm. and that was solely his block. Yeah. Um. So it's not just like he's like ah he's an okay blocker. He understands what he needs to do and where he needs to be on his blocks, and he's great at it. Yeah. And they had him line up in the backfield a couple times. I noticed. Yes. Um. But Marlon Williams, it's a guy that I'm a fan of, and I think he might have a nice career as a pro. Yes, sir. Uh, wide receiver one of two from UNC on the day. Daz Newsom, UNC, 5'11", 190. This past year, 54 catches, 684 yards and six touchdowns. Two years ago, 2019, 72 catches, 1,018 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, I noticed first and foremost, he's willing to give up his body to make a play. Yeah. He had good sideline awareness. He had a couple toe taps. Um, he plays very physical for only being 190. And he's scary in open space. Yeah, I think, was it this guy or the other guy that they just kind of huck the ball up to and hope he catches it? I think it was the other guy because the other guy wasn't making a lot of the catches. Okay. Newsom was the one who was a little bit better on the receptions. Um, Diami Brown was the one that really I didn't... I didn't see the hype on Diami Brown, and I think I would have swapped the two. I think I like Newsom more than Brown. Yeah, I, I just forgot because we've watched so many receivers. And, and so many teammate receivers. Yeah. I do. I, th- I think he was the better of the deep ball receivers. That even though that they threw the other guy um, more deep balls. Correct. Um, he's the better route runner out of the two, and then um, gets the yak. But they used him over the middle a lot too, compared to the other guy. All in all, I do like Daz Newsom a little more. I wish there was. It was tough to start watching tape because there was nothing from 2020 on him. There's yeah. limited 2019 on him. Yeah, and that's what I like a lot of these receivers. Like, a lot of my notes are not very long compared to other positions because it was tough to yeah. find tape. Some of the some of the tape was tough because, like, you can sit there and try to find all 22 on some of these guys, and we had a site for it. Mm-hmm. But certain guys, they would just show an overview and just, mm-hmm. like, you got to try to guess who is who. And, I mean, you could Google on YouTube. But, but it's, the problem it's, is when you Google on YouTube, for the most part, you're getting highlights. Yeah, you're getting all the highlights. You're not getting the actual game footage. It's just like, oh, uh, here's 15 catches. Here's 15 straight catches or 15 straight targets of plays that he made. 
Um, and that used to be for the longest time when I thought I was like, oh, I'm scouting. I'm not doing anything. No, you're just seeing the best of everything. Yes. Um, another big-bodied receiver. I didn't really see anything that made me love him. Out of Tennessee, Josh Palmer. None of his stats jumped off the board. 6'2", 210, 33 catches for 475 and four touchdowns this past year. 34 for 457 and a touchdown this year. Yeah, another He's one of those. Straight line runner. Yeah, another one of those guys that are in that middle build where they're like 6'2, 210. Not really the jump ball, not really the slot guy. He showed a good ability to readjust when the ball is yeah. in the air. He had a really nice catch down, or touchdown against Georgia this year that was made solely because he readjusted and got behind the defender mm-hmm. to go in. And uh, he had plenty of contested catches. Um, he had a couple over the shoulders that were nice, but he's an average support blocker. He didn't see a lot of targets. Um, I flat out did put he does make she makes chicken salad on chicken shit. Yeah, they put a lot of poor situations for him in Tennessee this year, and they did not have a good team there. But he made something out of nothing more often than not. Um, I think he's got he's a mixture of both because he does have the deep ball ability as well, but not that's not his like strength. Yes, strength. yes, especially at six two. So I mean. Again, limited tape. I wasn't a super big fan of him, but I uh, I could see where he'll be like a fourth, fifth rounder in this year's draft. Could possibly, yes. Uh, this is oh, this is not the guy. I thought it was Florida State. Um, this is another one of those guys that we were watching a lot of the secondary coverage on wide receivers with Trevon Grimes out of Florida, six four two eighteen. This past year, thirty eight catches, five hundred eighty nine yards, nine touchdowns. Two years ago, 33 for 491 and three touchdowns. The question being, was he an afterthought because there was so much talent there, and is he going to develop in the pros? Or did he get a lot of points because he was an afterthought and nobody had to cover him anyways? I it's I don't know. It's one of those same things where it's like there's so much star talent around. Yes. I mean, Could in he Florida, be, he was he the be? fourth target. So I think it's a good possibility he ends up having a solid career because he's he had a ton of talent around him, so he's had to elevate his game a little bit to compete like that at Florida. But uh, I don't know, nothing super, super like impressive. He had some big drops. Yeah, uh, he doesn't hold onto the ball when he gets hit big. Get hit big. He was a good enough blocker. He had good field vision to find his way downfield. Um, he was far from being a blocker though. It's it's bad that my two biggest notes on back to back games were his blocking ability being good and his drops being bad. Yeah, I think uh, and I put here in my notes that he doesn't see a lot of targets, obviously because of the start talent around him. But he does play physical against South Carolina. There was a couple plays where he's running hard and um, makes a catch and then uh, kind of throws a shoulder. So he's he's got some grit to him, but. Nothing insane where he jumps off the tape and says, hey, draft me. Agreed. Um, I I think it's going to be a little bit tougher for him. I don't think anything he's he did is going to be necessarily top. He's going to have rounds. to have an insane pro day. Yes. Um, this was a guy that I was excited for, though. This is a guy out of Florida State. He was an enigmatic player. He left school, which you don't really blame him. This team was a train wreck this year. Out of Florida State, 6-4, to Morion Terry. Uh, this past year, 23 catches, 289 yards, and a touchdown. I believe that was in four games. Yep. Last year, 60 for 1,188, nine touchdowns. Um, there was no game footage available for him from this year. No, and can you blame him? 
um, whether it be COVID or the fact that out of all the tape we've watched so far, this was the worst quarterback we've seen. Worst quarterback, worst line combo. Florida State, and that's funny because like the 2019 tape we watched mm-hmm. was the same tape that got Cam Akers a second chance because I think yeah. everybody realized last year Cam Akers had next to no help on that line. That line couldn't stop a small child. Like I, I mean, there were some plays, too, where this guy we're watching, um, he would get open immediately and the quarterback would not get him the ball and either the quarterback would throw it way too late so where it's not catchable, or he wouldn't even see him. Yeah, it was it was actually frustrating watching some Terry tape. Um, he his stats could have been so so much better last year, mm-hmm. and it was it was a lack of quarterback awareness and a lack of quarterback time given. Realistically, I don't know if he had more than two seconds to throw that ball. No, and I, was it this guy where um, he gets open deep and the guy just overthrows him like completely? One time, yeah. Um, we had a couple of, of other guys, but Tamar Ontario, a couple times, you saw him get open deep and just get just the yeet, it was like literally the ball fifteen well yards over. in front of him. Um, so I put that he does have the deep ball capability because he yeah. was getting free and um, just could not be. Hit. He's able to run well against soft zone. He yep. found his way into and settled. He, his speed seemed average. I will say that yeah, he didn't not, seem like he was a burner. I put not fast, but. Uh, I think I had that he had a really good inside release, so he, he, he's yes. got the very good, like, um, he'll run good slant routes. I did state that I thought the that his lack of yards against or um, after the catch came from the quarterback play. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily that he couldn't make it. It was that oftentimes he was coming back on the ball to make something happen. And with his size, they were having him run wildcat yep. plays. I was just looking at that. They had him run the wildcat. They put him a couple of end rounds. He was a violent blocker at times, too. Mm-hmm. Um, he was almost like an oversized possession receiver. Yeah, I had that he was a possession guy. His quarterback risked him on every play. Didn't give him many options and almost got him killed on a few. No, there was, like I said, there was times where it's like he's open early, throw it to him, you got to hit him on a zip pass. Yep. And it's like, hell's on to the ball. He had a nice double move as well. Yeah. His second gear, when he got open and had some room, was very nice. Uh, but he did also have a very, very weak fumble. Yeah, there was one where he's running and basically had it out. Not protected, not high and tight like you want it, and it got jarred really easily. Uh, all in all, I'm a real big fan of what Tamora and Terry can bring to the table. Yeah, I think um, because of his size, I think he's got the ability to... I think he could be a second-round pick. Yeah, he could be jumping up boards, especially once he gets into the combine or whatever they're doing, the pro days. Yep. I think he's going to shine. Um, so next on this list, a bit of a smaller school here. Uh, we got Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State. Uh, a three-year player out of Oklahoma State, six foot, one ninety. Uh, this past year, fifty-nine catches, nine twenty-two, and six touchdowns. Fifty-three, nine hundred three, and eight. Three years ago, eighty-six, one thousand four hundred ninety-one ca- yards, and twelve touchdowns. He's a good blocker. He's got a high motor, and he's scrappy. Yeah, and he he had a lot of catches all three years, so he's got production. But he was never the feature of that offense. No. He and was the clear-cut number two behind, hey, let's get the ball going with Chuba. Chuba yeah, Hubbard definitely. was the number one guy. Um, I did note that he's got another one of those chippy, swaggy attitudes where he's yep. arguing after the play, talking trash. Like we said, as long as you're um, not causing harm to your team, then that's one of those things where you can appreciate that as a player or as a, a coach or whatever, um, bringing some swag to your team. Um, he, he had this a couple times against Tulsa where he's – called on the block and he runs 
real hard inside and has that Jarvis Landry crack block. Yep. As long as he doesn't decapitate people at the next level, he'll be a very good asset for um, I did notice he had a couple issues with drops on deep balls. Yep. He, he did draw, though, on a few times, the defensive pass interference on those yeah. deep balls as well. So he's making up his drops on those DPIs. He had a league closing speed at the one point. I think they, they hawked him one over the middle against Tulsa, and he had it as a touchdown. And he just put the burners on and was gone. Yep. Um, He's mostly used deep, too. Yes, but if they run him intermediate, and I noticed this, a couple times they ran him intermediate and the quarterback started to roll out, mm. and he would change and adjust his route to try to get his quarterback, or get open for the quarterback to make yeah. something out of nothing. So, I mean, he's got good field awareness. Yes. I I really like what Tylen Wallace can bring. Um, anything else you got, Gary? No, I mean, he might be better at the next level with a good quarterback. Yes. Uh, this was the other guy. This was the better deep ball receiver, but I, I wasn't a big fan of his tape, I don't think. No, it was boring. Uh, Diami <laughs> Brown, did pretty much all they did at 6'1", 185, they ran him deep. Yeah, they would literally just swing him outside, and any time they wanted to throw a deep ball, it was just a 50-50. Here you go. Um, he still attempts to catch even after stumbling. He... This is another guy headlined as Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. 20-yard reception average. His field presence is good, and he can run under routes as well as streaks, but there was nothing... I honestly called him a Cole Hardman with a little bit better hands, yeah. which isn't really a compliment at this point. No, and um, I, I had against here, or I had a note here saying he sees a lot of one-on-one coverage, and I think that's because... They like to throw to him deep, so they just well, say... Well, you, you got one-on-one coverage, but then you also show in Michael Carter, who was receiving back, Javante William, who was their, their thunder and lightning, a decent tight end, yeah. and Daz Newsome. So UNC had a very good offense. Yeah, And I don't but, know if these guys are a product of there was a lot of talent, who do you cover? Yeah, I just think that the reason you see saw a lot of one-on-one coverage, too, is because teams caught on film, hey, they throw to him deep, so let's just put our best corner on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, no no season over 60 catches. Um, he went over 1,000 yards both seasons, over eight touchdowns both years. But, again, I just – he wasn't one of the guys that jumped off tape that I'm a super, super big fan of. Anything else you want to add to that one, Gary? No, I'm good for that guy. Um, this is another guy. I actually had him listed high on two lists. Amonra St. Brown, brother of EQ St. Brown of the Packers. Um, 6-1-195. This past year, 41 catches, 478 yards, and 7 touchdowns. Year before, 77, 10-42, and 6 touchdowns. Another guy I just didn't really get. Yeah. I know his- you were a little higher on him than I was. I liked some of his tape, but it wasn't like comparing a lot of the other guys. After we st- like, we, this is one of the guys we watched early, so I was like, okay, he's kind of kind of got some good tape. And then we watched more and more. And it's like, okay, well, maybe not of, as much. Yeah, um, he does run good routes, uh, used a lot out of the slot, but is also lining up um, on the outside and all over as well. Um, pretty good jump ball, and used in the jet sweeps a lot. Uh, consistently catches the contested throw. And he's a, another one of those soft zone finders. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I noted that he was pretty good at boxing out with the body. He he had really good routes, and he ties up the coverage, if, if nothing less. 
um, but he's not particularly quick. He was more of a possession receiver. He was shielding the ball a lot to try to make sure that no matter how badly it was placed, it wasn't going to get picked off by his corners. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a nose for the end zone. I want to say the Washington State game we watched, he had three touchdowns. Yeah. But it was like an end around, a short little pop pass. Um, I, no, no, this was a guy actually, I think he had four receiving touchdowns that game. Yeah. But that's, what I think, what really would jump his stat there. It, was, it wasn't it was like a, he had an over-the-top great game. He just, he was there. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite receivers in the draft now. Yeah, we're getting we're getting to the nitty gritty. The better receiver out of Florida, number one, six foot, one ninety three, Kadarius Tony. Yeah, and um, with all of the film we've watched, because we watched uh, film on Trask and um, Pitts, Pitts and Tony, so we're seeing we got to see him with a ton of other tape. We saw him on Trask, we saw him on Pitts, we saw him on Grimes. Um, He's got very good tape. The 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 Grimes tape might as well have been a Kadarius Tony yeah, tape because it was like, just Kadarius Tony scoring touchdowns. We like, we were like, are we watching Tony tape or are we watching um, Grimes tape? He's a burner. He's capable of lining up all over the field, literally outside slot next to the quarterback. He he reminded me of a of a better version of Lavisca Chenault. Yeah. He had the ability to run the ball. He's got the ability to to be a kick returner. He has the ability to score out of out of the wildcat. And his deep route running was better than Lavisca Schultz. Um I put again even against um one of the first games we watched against was Bama. He had a very good game against Alabama. Yep. And they tried jamming him off the line and, and he's so quick next he's, he's to tough impossible. to he's, he's super tough to jam. Um, I noticed against Texas A&M, he was he has great field vision. Yep, he knows his move before the the, the next guy can even think he's got a move coming. Um, he follows his blocks very well as well, which is something you don't see a lot out of receivers. Mm-hmm. I think it's get to the open field and go. Mm-hmm. And his catch radius for only being six foot was pretty solid. Yeah, and I think out of a lot of the receivers that we've watched. He gets the best separation out of yes. top talent. And what I actually went back and revised after I called him LaVisca Chenault, I actually said that he was a mix of Curtis Samuel and LaVisca Chenault. Yeah. His ability to just be just, just dispatched across the field. This is one of my favorite guys in the draft. Yeah, definitely going to be an interesting guy at the next level, depending on where he's drafted. Absolutely. Um, Back again to another double feature player, Terrence Marshall Jr. out of LSU, wide receiver. 6'3", 200. He's got the build of a top receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, 48 catches, 731 yards, and 10 touchdowns this past year. The problem is, what's not very fun about that is, he should have been the number one, and his stats should have been much better. Yeah, and he's another big boy, so he should be getting those um, jump balls. But a lot of his catches come in traffic over the middle. What we did note is this past year, uh, we watched tape against the Arkansas mm-hmm. or against Arkansas, and they are just not good. His no. new quarterback, that's not Joe Burrow, is really bad. Yeah, pretty bad. Uh, it's like almost night and day. And then we did watch, I think, 2019 tape with Joe Burrow. Yes. And it still wasn't too insane. No, nothing really popped off, but you knew he was the third option in those yeah, tapes. Right. Um, his, he looked almost elite, I said, in catching traffic. Mm-hmm. He was able to put his body up and, and get, get his hands out early, and they targeted him a lot this mm-hmm. year, especially without Jamar Chase and without Justin Jefferson, Thad Moss. Yeah, and then um, when he did have catches with Joe Burrow at quarterback, um, he's not really going to beat the press coverage. Correct. For whatever reason, I mean, he's a big body. You should be beating press coverage. You should be able to get him off you. 
but his catches were were pretty good. He was he was shielding the body for the catch, so he was blocking the corner, whatever whoever was covering him for the catch. Agreed. Um, I honestly I've got him listed as my biggest question mark of the entire draft. Yeah, and and it is because. It's a tale of two tapes in 2019-2020. Mm-hmm. Um, he touched down Vulture this year. He 2019, he was stuck below Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase on the depth chart. 2020, he he did not benefit from quarterback play. No. So I I have more questions than I have answers after watching Marshall. Um, but he'll be real interesting to figure out. Yeah, for sure. And then the last one we are reviewing out of Alabama... One of the bigger concerns is a top five pick just because of his wiry frame. Six foot one, one seventy five. Devonta Smith. Yeah, and um, he did win the Heisman, uh, so that he's got that for him. Um, I think he's going to be a good receiver at the, the next level, but we tend to see Bama receivers go to the next level and just not have production. Um, yeah, my, my big issue was how he's going to use his body at the next level. When you look at the tape, I mean, even against Ohio State, where he's facing Sean Wade, guys like that, he was by far faster on tape than mm-hmm. Jamar Chase. He was shiftier when he's cornered. He he works to beat his coverage. He's the better route runner. He's willing to line up against everything at wide receiver. Slot. I think he had a couple in the backfield where he lined up. Um, he makes adjustments and comes back on the passes. He makes an effort in the block. Yeah, it's not like he's a great blocker, but we didn't really see that out of Jamar Chase. And compared to like uh, Jamar Chase, LSU saw a lot of man-to-man press coverage. Yes. All the games we watched, they're getting bumped and run. Uh, Bama, not so much. They, For whatever reason, teams give Bama a lot of, a lot of cushion yes. in pass coverage. Um, so, I mean, that was one of the ones that was just... It was weird. It was tough to figure out. Um, like I said, Chase and Smith are one A, one B. It just depends on what your preference is. Yes, Devonta Smith's numbers were were ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I think he had twenty one touchdowns this year in the air. Um, he proved he's got all of the talent, but again, and this is my my big concern that scares me. Ultimately, I don't know if he goes ahead of Jamar Chase just because I think a lot of people have flashbacks from Tavon Austin. Right, Austin had the similar wiry frame. And never equated well to the pro level. No matter how prolific he was as a collegiate player, you're playing against men now, not boys. And look, last year, um, Ruggs went over, um, who's the other guy who got drafted to Denver? Judy. Judy. And Judy had arguably the better year. And Judy, even though his stats weren't great, Judy proved that he has such a better upside with his route running ability alone. Um, But yeah, man, I mean... I think this is the first year in a long time, probably since A.J. Green, Julio Jones, mm-hmm. um, that I can say it's a legitimate dealer's choice yeah, on wide I, receiver one. And I'm sitting here in one of my fantasy drafts. I have the second pick, and I know that it's not going to be a receiver that goes one. I need receivers. I'm good at quarterback. I don't really want to trade down either because then you got guys who are going to take the receivers. So it's like, what do I do? I, at two, I could go with either or, and it's it just... To me, it's also going to depend on who gets drafted where. Like if, uh, like let's say somehow Baltimore trades up to, to whatever, and now they have one of these two guys, I'm not taking either of those guys. Yeah. Um, but no, man. Uh, so what do you got? Top 15. Yeah, let me go get my sheet here. It's in my yellow. You can go because I've got... Okay, uh, I'll start it here. I'm going to definitely take a little bit of a, of a risk on here. Number 15 on my list is going to be Jalen Darden out of North Texas. Um 
his tape was so big that I, I, I'm really excited about what he can do. Number 14, Marlon Williams, UCF. Number 13, Tutu Atwell from Louisville. Number 12, Daz Newsom, UNC. Number 11 is going to be Sage Surratt for me out of Wake Forest. Number 10, Tylen Wallace, Oklahoma State. Number 9, Dwayne Eskridge, Western Michigan. Number 8, Rondell Moore out of Purdue. I did actually drop him a little further, I think, than I want to, but I think that also speaks volumes for how good the top 8 receivers mm-hmm. in this class are. Um, number 7, Tamori Terry out of Florida State. I really like him, and I think he's going to be a very good pro receiver. Number six is Terrence Marshall from LSU for me. Number five, Rashad Bateman, Minnesota. Number four, Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Number three, Jalen Waddell out of Bama. Number two, Jamar Chase, LSU. And number one, Devonta Smith from Alabama. It's a pretty solid list. I mean, a lot of our... Um, we don't really talk over our list. We just kind of say, hey, what do you think about this guy? Yeah. Um, our lists are a little bit different, but I'll start at um, 15. I had Cade Johnson from South Dakota State. I think he's a small school guy that could be electric at the next level. Um, I have at 14, I have Marquez Stevenson out of Houston. Another one of those big-bodied guys that I think could end up being... thick-body guy. Yeah, thick-body. Could end up being decent with a better quarterback. And at 14, I have Marlon... Or was it Marlon? Yeah, Mar- uh, yeah. Uh, thirteen would be Marlon. Williams. Yeah, Marlon. Thirteen at Marlon Williams uh, out of UCF. Um, another one of those. I think he was one of those chippy guys who was physical. Kind of reminded me of Steve Smith. Yes. Um, I'm gonna go with number twelve. Your your guy here, uh, Jalen Darden uh, out of North De- North, Texas. North Texas. I'm sorry. He makes sense. Um, I put him up a little higher because he was his all of his tape is just so darn good. And even though he's a smaller school guy, it doesn't matter. I think a lot of a lot of small school guys end up having success success anyway. So, and then eleven, I got Tutu Atwell out of Louisville. Number ten, uh, you don't have him on your list, but I do just because he's a bigger school guy. Played with Trevor Lawrence. I got Amari Rogers. Uh, number nine, Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan. Another small school guy. We had him at the same spot. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Tylen Wallace out of Oak State. Uh, number seven, Nico Collins out of Michigan. Another guy I think is interesting. Uh, number six, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Five, Rondell Moore out of Purdue. Four, Kadarius Tony. I wanted him higher, but I think the top four are just so... The, the top three, I think, are pretty well set. Yeah. Um, people are going to hate me, but I have Devonta Smith at number three, only for the fact that I think Jalen Waddell has better upside and is going to have a better career. You fell in love with Jalen Waddell. Yeah, his tape is just... They have very similar tapes, even though Devonta Smith won the Heisman, I still think Jalen Waddle on another team would have been in contention for I think Jalen Waddle on another, uh, a healthy season would have also been in yeah. contention. Um, and then number two, I had Jalen Waddle. And then number one, I had Jamar Chase. I didn't want to I, – I could have put any of those receivers at number one, um, but I wanted to keep Jamar Chase at one because he's got a lot of buzz around him. I might move him down depending on how he does at his pro day, but I think – He's got the overall build you want for a receiver. And for seeing a lot of one-on-one coverage, he was able to still make plays. So I think he's going to be solid at the next level, obviously depending on where these guys get drafted. Absolutely, man. Uh, So that'll do it for the week. Join us next week. Uh, Next week, Wednesday, we will shore up the draft in advance. 
we'll talk to you guys about some some impact defensive players, guys that actually might make it make a difference with fantasy football. Uh, and then next Friday, we will do our free agency prediction show. We're gonna see. Hopefully, by then we'll have a better landscape of exactly who is resigning, who's hitting the market, and we're gonna take our best stab of who's gonna sign where. We'll we'll do, we'll do a nice little fun little guessing show. Uh, Gary, you got anything else you want to say before we go off the air here, man? Nope, uh, not nothing crazy. Just obviously in getting down to the the nitty gritty here. Finally finishing up our draft coverage, and we'll keep keep working. We're finishing up part one of the draft coverage. Yeah. Uh, but yep, absolutely, guys. So we thank you for listening in yet again. And until next time, you keep on searching for those fantasy beasts, and we'll show you where to find them. <laughs>